Welcome to Lessons That Last, where a researcher and a teacher talk about what it means to make a lasting impact on students' lives. They unpack the stories former students shared about their memorable teachers and discuss how we can all make a greater impact on the people in our lives. Here's Julie and Laura. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons That Last podcast. I'm Julie Hassan, professor, researcher, and big fan of teachers. With me is my charismatic co-host. Hi, I'm Laura Estes-Swilly, English teacher, writer, and um, planning to be charismatic today. Uh, always. I mean, there, there's not even a need to plan. It just comes <laughs> with you. It's like grits here in North Carolina. It just comes with. It just, you just get it. Comes with the dish. We are going to talk about a story that you and I have loved talking about. It's one that's been in the collection for a while. It appears in the book Safe, Seen, and Stretched in the Classroom in Chapter 8, which is the chapter about how teachers impact the formation of students' identities. And this story is about Drew and Mrs. Perkins, his high school English teacher, and a special recognition. So I'm going to start here, Laura. Do you remember a special award or recognition that you received as a student? I don't. Um, I think the recognition I received as a student was in response to more organized competition. We've talked in a previous podcast about me doing public speaking and that kind of thing. And I won awards for that, for things that I prepared for and practiced and then competed. But I just, I just don't remember teachers giving classroom awards. Do you remember that? I don't remember specifically classroom awards. I know I got awards and recognitions for things because my mom saved this Rubbermaid box of them. So I, I can see them. I don't know that they were especially memorable. Like I don't look through that box and have memories of them. And I don't remember our teachers giving out certificates and awards for things. I think I more remember like feedback that came that meant a lot to me. Like Mr. Resonetti was my high school English teacher. And when he wrote feedback on a paper, like the praise didn't come easily. And it was clear in the feedback that he had carefully read and reflected on that paper. And I have memories of that, of feedback from him in particular, but not necessarily an award or or formal recognition. What as teachers now we know kids get lots of awards. In elementary, everybody gets a terrific kid award and there's citizenship awards and there's just all kinds of awards. And even in extracurricular it's pretty standard, I think, for everybody to get some kind of trophy or medal or award. So what are what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think that rewards and awards are really valuable and they should have some clear cut definition to them. I can give you an example. At my school, we've always done student of the month, one for each grade. Um, so there's four grade levels. And this year we, we had a new person in charge of the student of the month. And so they were 
changing the way we did it. And we had a different category each month where one might just be excellence and another might be um, improvement. um, And another might be friendliness or kindness or leadership. And, and 10 and 15 kids were winning student of the month because they were rewarding one from each department. And the first day they started doing this reward, my students in my room at the time, I I believe my second period, uh, they were having, they were not having that. What, how are we student of the month when there are 25 of us? This does not make sense. Um, and so they saw the flaw in it. And I think that kind of matches what a lot of adults have to say about everybody gets a reward or an award right now is it, it, we diminish it when it doesn't have to necessarily be earned by anything other than participating. So I feel like in today's world, I could probably join a soccer team, which if, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that would make you giggle. I could join a soccer team and sit on the bench, but I would still get the end of season trophy. And as a person, I would not feel good about that because I don't, I wouldn't feel like I earned it. And I don't know if that's a a generational thing or is that really how kids feel? Do you know? I know for, for my own kids who are now what 26 and 30, that the things that meant the meant the most to them were hard earned. So for Connor, who was a golfer, I don't think a part participation award meant anything, but a tournament win, especially a hard fought tournament win meant everything. So I can say as from a parent perspective, I certainly saw the difference between something that was handed out to everyone and something that felt hard earned and special. I agree. And I think that's why Mr. Resanini's Um, feedback to you was so important. You don't need a sticker from him or anything special other than his words, which were acknowledging your work. And there's such value in that. And I see that as meaningful to my students in my classroom every day. We all want to be acknowledged for what we're doing well, and also coached on what we're not doing well. And that's part of the, the, building of community and the building of relationships. But I think it's important to, to reward excellence. And I think it's important to nurture those relationships into excellence. Mm. Yes. And I, I do sort of remember Mr. Resiniti giving out Jolly Ranchers or <laughs> something <Yes>. like that, <laughs> which was great, but it didn't mean as much as the feedback that came with it um, from him, which, which is so similar to this particular story. So would you share with us Drew's story about Mrs. Perkins? Absolutely. I'm excited to do that. Mrs. Perkins was my advanced placed liter- advanced placement literature teacher during my senior year in high school. It was a challenging class, but she found creative ways to encourage her students. She had a box of pencils with a personalized message printed on each. Mrs. Perkins is proud of me. 
When a student accomplished something impressive, Mrs. Perkins would bestow a pencil. Seniors are too cool for most classroom celebrations. However, we all coveted the Perkins pencil. Mrs. Perkins was undeniably kind, but she was not easily impressed. It was a real honor to receive a pencil. I remember receiving mine when I achieved a high score on a practice test. I used it sparingly so that I wouldn't sharpen it past the words printed on its side. Our last day in Mrs. Perkins' class, I felt mixed emotions. I was ready to leave high school, but I felt anxious about starting the next chapter. I was going to a college far from home, and I wasn't sure that I was ready for college-level work. Mrs. Perkins, as usual, knew what her students needed to hear. She reminded us that we had worked hard and learned much. She assured us that we were well-prepared. A few months later, I was packing for college. While cleaning out my backpack, I found a pencil in one of the pockets. I picked it up and read the words, Mrs. Perkins is proud of me. I carefully put it back in the pocket. I felt the nerves and anxiety ease. I knew I was ready and I had the perfect pencil for all of the tests to come. Oh, the Perkins pencil. I know. Love this story. And you said when I first shared this story with you, which was a couple of years ago, that you changed some practices in your classroom inspired by Mrs. Perkins. So will you talk about that? Absolutely. Um, Mrs. Perkins reminded me of me because I'm teaching advanced placement literature to seniors who are all going through that developmental stage of am I good enough and am I ready? And I have always posted curve setters, which is basically what this story was about. He set the curve, had the highest score on the practice test and earned a pencil. So I've always posted their names on my board, but I started posting them when I first reflected on this story, I started posting them on a bulletin board. So they stay there all year. So your name backed by a bright color paper with the name of the multiple choice or the test that you scored highest is there for the whole year for everyone to see. And I love to see kids take pictures of it. They get their name on the board and then they're getting their little pictures. And then last year when the book was published and I had it in my hot hands. I read it all over again and I saw each story as a new story. And um, Ms. Perkins kind of hit me differently. Advanced placement literature has gotten a little bit harder in some ways. And there's this point that is the coveted point. It's called the sophistication point. And you can write a great essay a hundred thousand times and never get that point. It's, but they want it because it's out there. And so I bought gold pens. They were these slender, beautiful ink pens, just gold. Um, and that was the reward for earning the sophistication point. And oh my goodness, it was a ceremony to get it. It was pulling it out to use it on my next essay, taking it to college, the excitement. And then at the end of the year, I said, hey, if anyone earns a five, which is a top score, very difficult on the AP exam, I'll have your gold pen. And they found me 
at open house this fall. I'm here for my pen because I got my five. And so I know those pens were meaningful in a lot of ways because I could reflect on the Perkins pencil. And uh, it, it was so true. They were rewarded for doing something really, really excellent. And that gave them a boost that they needed. Mm. And I love that it will, it really wasn't about the pen, you know, although a beautiful pen um, and the same with the Perkins pencil, it's not about the pencil. It's what it represents. It represents hard work and achievement. And it's something about the person who bestows it upon you. So for me, Mr. Rosaniti was a teacher I very much liked and respected and I knew he was a talented writer. And so writing praise from Mr. R was a big deal. Um, And it was very different than feedback that came in other classrooms that seemed sort of general and just a, a throwaway comment. It was a writer giving feedback on writing where I had put some some effort because I would not have wanted to disappoint him either. So there's something about the giver of the recognition. And I'm sure your students feel that way about you. I I hope so. Um, I do a lot of where we write something and then we workshop it together and we share it together. And I do a lot of high praise in the moment because I know the written feedback is great, but also sometimes kids don't even look at it, which I don't understand. If you write something on my paper, I'm going to read it, but sometimes they just put it, put it away. And so in the moment when I can boost the thing you just did and talk about what really, really worked and how that could be a role model for the rest of us. And I'm doing it publicly. That type of praise really makes a difference. I see kids rise when they get that. It's it's just putting air in their tires and it makes them feel so confident walking out of my room and walking back into my room. Mm. Confident and motivated to put forth best effort. Because if you put fourth effort and no one recognizes it or it isn't received any differently than when you sort of halfway do something, Yeah, then you're not necessarily motivated to put forth best effort unless for some internal reason that subject is super important to you. But that's not most of us. Most of us rise to the expectations of our teachers. I'm wondering too about this sort of debate in education over recognizing effort versus recognizing achievement. What are your thoughts on that? Some kids in certain subjects or in certain sports are never going to be the top performer because it's not necessarily the thing that they naturally excel in, although they may love it and put forth some effort. Where do you fall on the recognizing effort versus recognizing achievement debate? I I don't know exactly where to place myself in that, partly because I look at it as a learner and as an educator, which is what I do with most things. I I try to see myself learning it or or working toward a goal that I'm putting putting in my in front of my students. 
I don't think it would have meant anything to me to be rewarded or recognized or have gotten a great grade for my effort. And I don't think that I was an unusual student. I think if, if we surveyed a hundred kids, we went to high school with, they would be like, oh yeah, she was just a regular student. Not that interested, right? Charismatic. Charismatic, um, (laughs) you know, gifted in some things and in others, just sort of like trying to get by. And I knew I was trying to get by. So if you give me a B plus, for my C minus effort, I don't respect you. Mm. That's even as a teenager, I think I would have a problem with that. Would I take it and, um, you know, run with it because it made my life easier? Of course. But would that be a teacher who would have actually taught me and a teacher who I respected and wanted to impress and wanted to grow right in front of? Not at all. And I think that's probably the bottom line. We're not helping kids by only rewarding effort. I think that a lot of that is built in to our curriculums and our classrooms anyway. If you come to class and you make the effort, you don't have to be the best or the most brilliant. You have to do your thing and you probably be fine, but you're not excellent. And that's okay because you're probably excellent in a different classroom with a different subject and you student know the difference. So what are, what kind of game are we playing? That's interesting. This was a big debate when I was a second grade teacher because we had this reading program and you got points for reading books and taking tests. And I won't give my opinion on that particular program. It, it was what it was. We were we were required to participate in it and use it. There were some some ups and downs to that program. But what we found was the same kids won every time because they were good readers, they were fast readers, and they had a lot of parental support. And then we had some students who were never going to win the reward. And the reward was like... Um, top prize was going to lunch with the principal. And then it it went down from there to a few different kinds of rewards. And I remember advocating because every kid had a goal that if you met your goal, you should go into a drawing and we would just pull from the goal meters. And I had a kiddo, his name is Terrell, and he was diagnosed with a learning disability. But oh my goodness, no one ever tried harder. And he met his goal and he got picked to go to lunch with the principal. And like the, all of us, like the whole lunchroom when his name was drawn, just were so excited and happy. And he, I think, did a happy dance that lasted for, for days. So I always think about about that as well. And I'm not sure... I think it's nuanced, right? When when is it appropriate to make rewards based on effort versus first place, you know, achievement? I don't know. I think what you said was so important and it hit me as really important. Um, he met his goal. Mm. We don't all have to have the same goal. If my chemistry teacher 
<laughs> you remember that poor man. Um, <laughs> Dr. Hill, may Dr. he rest Hill, in peace. Yes. <laughs> this beautiful man with a brilliant mind with a PhD in chemistry is trying to teach me chemistry, uh, who's really more interested in what I'm wearing and who I'm sitting and next it, to. And a different kind of chemistry. So much a different kind of chemistry. <laughs> so um, if he had made a goal with me, with me, because I know that's how goals are set, mm -hmm. even in second grade. So here's where you are. Here's the end result where we need you, but what could, what could we work on in between? And if he had set a goal with me, you know, if you'll do your homework three out of five times, if you'll make a C on a test and then supported me toward that goal and then rewarded me when I hit that goal that I'm going to respect because you helped me make the goal. I know what I need to do. And I don't have to try to do it all at once. I have to do it in the next step, which is the stop failing tests and get a C. Um, that's, that's a, that's respectable to even me as a student. Mm -hmm. And it is not an empty reward. It's not an A for effort. It's an A for working so hard to achieve the goal. And yes. that is worthy of praise and recognition and all the things. So maybe that's a good way to think about it. How do we set goals with students? And then recognize the meeting of those goals. And I think you said something important. It can't be an easy goal. There has to be some stretch yes. in that goal. So we have to know where our kids are, figure out what's a reasonable, achievable, but challenging goal. And then how do we celebrate progress toward it and the meeting of it, which we can do for any kid. You know, that's, that's not something that's out of reach for any student, but still builds confidence. And like a goal is super motivating if you feel like you can achieve it and you have some support in getting there. Absolutely. I was thinking about us as professionals, all of us, everyone listening, um, hopefully lots of teachers, but also people who love teachers and people who know teachers and they all have jobs too. Um, give me a goal at, at my job as a teacher and support me and recognize me as I'm working toward it and then recognize me for achieving it. Don't just send me out in a boat in the middle of a lake and, you know, say, okay, paddle. Um, and so if it's right for us as adults, then it can't really be wrong for kids who are working toward becoming adults. We're all learners and we're all growers and we're all trying to master our craft, whatever our craft is. If it's second grade reading, if it's fourth grade writing, if it's 10th grade chemistry, that's my craft when I walk in the room and I need to master it because I need this credit. I don't want to torture Dr. Hill two years in a row, right? So it's the same basic idea just on a higher level or a lower level. Mm. Yes. So let's bring it home with this. If principals were to recognize their teachers for meeting goals with special pencils, what would you like to see <laughs> scripted on that pencil? Um, 
got your attendance in five out of five days. I don't know. What would you, what would you put on a pencil? It's funny you bring up attendance because to me that, that seems like not an issue. Um, but I know at, and you know, as a principal, that's a huge issue. How many people on your campus are not (laughs) taking attendance and it's even a little bit harder for some reason in high school, because we have to do it six times. I mean, that's a lot of doing attendance, attendance right? (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I can do it. It seems fine. Um, so maybe if you had a group of teachers with difficulty in attendance and you were supporting them and helping them make plans (laughs) in their classroom to get that done, then I probably would expect my pencil to say something like attendance rock star, uh, because that's what we're working on. I, if I'm going to be rewarded with a writing utensil, I would like it to be a black pen. And I want there to be like a rhinestone on top. I want it to show the shine. It doesn't even have to have words it's even easier than having words printed. You got to know your people, but if you're creating a culture of excellence, you know, shine like diamonds and just give everyone who's really meeting their goals, something that's connected to that idea. Um, Yeah. Sounds like a no brainer. I mean, if you can do it in your classroom, you can do it in your school. I'm thinking of a pen or pencil that has a little graphic of an ice cube on it (laughs) for like when you don't lose your cool with that one kid, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or Or that one colleague, like when the keep kept your cool award, because talk about effort. Like sometimes that's, That's that's true. It could even say you are ice, ice baby. And then I would, I would work so hard to get that pen. So hard. Cause you know, all the words (laughs) (laughs) and the dance. (laughs) Oh, so teachers, something to think about. How do we recognize our students' effort and achievement? What kinds of ways can we make that meaningful to kids? How can we set them up for success by boosting their confidence, their motivation, by helping them understand that hard work pays off? So much to think about in this story about Ms. Perkins. So as you head into this week, teachers, thank you for the effort that you make. We would send all of you a blingy pen or pencil if we could. But virtually, we're sending some, some, some virtual bling your way. So have a wonderful week. We don't deserve you, but I'm so glad we have you, teachers. Please make sure if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify or whatever podcast platform you prefer that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And as we said earlier, this story, Drew and Mrs. Perkins, comes from the Safe Scene and Stretched in the Classroom book. We'll link that in the show notes. Have a great week. Bye, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening to the Lessons That Last podcast. The story Laura shared today can be found on the Chalk and Chances website, along with many more stories and resources. Just visit chalkandchances.com. You can even take the quiz to find out what kind of memorable teacher you are. See you next Sunday for another episode of Lessons That Last.